This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Book Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with Mook Delivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. After three weeks away, it's the home comforts of Portman Road for Kieran McKenna's Ipswich Town off the back of a week of 1-0 victories. This is the Blue Monday podcast. Hello and welcome to the Blue Monday podcast discussing Ipswich Town up or down since 2015. I'm Richard Woodward and this is the pre-match show brought to you in partnership with our friends at the Greyhound Pub in Ipswich. We're available every week live on YouTube and on pod- podcast, pod- podcast, what podcast, Roadcast, uh, shortly afterwards. Joining me, we've heard briefly as he heckles me. I told you before we started, I'm massively rusty. It feels like I have no idea what I'm doing. Hopefully you do, Seb. Brown, how are you, mate? I'm all right. We'll just wing it. Don't worry. It's been a yeah. while, hasn't it? It was Cardiff the last time we were on together, and you was spun it? out your yeah, you spun out your birthday across a, like a three week <laughs> period, birthday. didn't you? So, so you've been away and stuff. So yeah, no, good to be back. Looking forward to tomorrow, and yet again, what an amazing week to be a town fan. Oh, nuts, isn't it? It just, just gets like... better, doesn't it? It's brilliant. You can just sit here with a smile on your face every single well three times a week at the moment, and repeat the same things because it's absolutely phenomenal. And we're definitely going for those binary scorelines, zero one zero one. Uh, we shall see whether we will be repeated the trick on Saturday against Blackburn. But I'm li- running out of places on my arm to pinch myself, Seb. I was watching, obviously, as most people were on Tuesday night, and you know the guys did a really great live show on Wednesday, which you can watch again and kind of get the blow by blow and their analysis and the questions and discussion about it. But just give me your kind of reaction to this week because we obviously started off I, I, the victory at Sheffield Wednesday. I was a little bit apprehensive. I think we spoke about it off the back of their draw at Leeds, but just professional jobs, isn't it? And then, and the momentum that we're building and the certainly the feeling off the field as well. It's two big away ends that we've kind of taken to Hillsborough and St. Mary's. It just, it feels really good, doesn't it? To be, the the right end of that kind of trajectory curve as opposed to being down in the doldrums which we have been for the most of the last 10 years it does yeah i mean how many times did we sit here after an international break and say you know we've, we've only won one in the last i don't know 15 international ga- uh, games after breaks and it's just everything that was a problem for us in the past you know we don't win on sky we don't win big games we can't beat a side in the top six away from home we don't win after international breaks they're all just ticked off these days, aren't they? It's it's, yeah. it's brilliant. It's another excellent week. Like you, I thought Hillsborough was more difficult than perhaps it turned out to be, given they had that great result in a couple of weeks on the training pitch. And I think that the word you use, professional, is exactly how you would sum up the two kind of performances. You know, we created a decent number of chances across both games. We were clinical and took the took the ones that matter. And, you know, in, in both games, did we really have much to, to, to kind of stop? You know, Wednesday didn't have an effort on target. Southampton had the one flag he hits him in the face and the, and, and the shot from about 20 yards out. But uh, apart from that, there wasn't that much, was there? And, you know, yet again, we've kind of found different ways to put in performances and yeah. and, 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 and win uh, in, in, to how we were doing things earlier in the year. And yeah, it's just 
phenomenal, isn't it? You know, if we just sat here, me and Ben Sayer a week ago, previewing Sheffield Wednesday, and we said, okay, well, the, the Blackburn game is kind of your, your banker this week. That's one you want to win in front of your home fans. And Southampton could be a little bit tricky being a being a parachute team, etc. You know, so do you, you know, you go bring it, you go big at Wednesday and get the week off to a good start, and then maybe some rotation for Southampton and maybe view that as a bit of a trial run and a free hit given where they would expect to finish in the league versus where we were kind of last season. And we sit here now, six points from the two games going into Saturday completely full of confidence and yeah what a what a time to be a town fan Kieran McKenna is getting mentioned on you know oh. podcasts with Alan Shearer Gary Lineker and Mika Richards and yeah it's an absolutely brilliant time to be a town fan big meeks right well we we mentioned we're live we're going to um, say hello to some folks in the chat we've got lots of um, stuff to, I, as I said I'm rusty I'm going to likely to press the wrong button at some point <laughs> hopefully I don't take us off off the air uh, but we've got some bits and pieces. Is, it, is it your age? Is it your old age? I am older now. I am a different, year, different like, literally decades. a whole year old. By the way, a new addition to the pod wall, you can just about see the edge of it, is my signed Ipswich pennant there, courtesy of um, family and friends. And I've got a Ted Lasso training top. So I'm just showing off all of my special presents for, for being an old man who doesn't know what he's doing. So we are going to announce a winner of a giveaway in a bit. We also have... Um, the announcement of our special guest for the Blue Monday live show, um, 7th of October after Preston North End. So we'll give you all the details about that later on. Stick around for that. Um, but let's say hi to some chaps. Let's say to Jules, who um, quickly rushed me a Sunderland v Cardiff prediction. Said we forgot that one on the spreadsheet. So quickly cobbled that one together before we went live. Hello to Jules. Hello to Pennsylvania. James, our friend over in the States. Hope you're doing all right. And our friend in Brisbane. About, should be about 30 degrees today, Michael, should it? Oh, nice, lovely. nice, yeah. Now, now it's, it's when, I'm pretty certain when we recorded Cardiff, it was still light out, and now it's not. It's just a... Just well, last, a last week, you and me were in London. It was like 27 degrees and lovely, and now it's cold and horrible and dark. Thanks for reminding us, Michael. Yeah, Charlie D's with us, Gary's with us. Uh, evening to Mark. Um, there's multiple marks. Mark 82. Ashley's with us. Great to have you with us, Ashley. Uh, Tim's all the way from Chile, Devon, not Brisbane. Uh, Colin is here. Neil is here. Nick's with us as well. Uh, Eric, greetings from the Tip Tree Jam Shop. Lovely stuff. A bit of raspberry jam. Uh, here's, here's someone who should know better. Um, Rando123 um, giving Stop. us kinds of nonsense opinions and someone else who indulges in similar opinions is mr Macon. good to have you with us as well three nil prediction from bluey here keep your predictions we will come back to those later on but we've got an early offering there of a three nil so i'm not sure i'm nearly as confident as that but mark echoing your thoughts can we get that nine point haul um i don't think anyone as i said as you said might could have imagined that possibly um, a week or so ago but here we are nick is with us as well not quite sure to make what to make of tomorrow where we will do our best to bring you up to speed and hello to any Blackburn fans feel free to say hello and nudge us in the right direction if we go wrong I'm sure we've done as much research as we can and Seb has as always done the lion's share of it but do correct us if we go wrong or give us any insights you've got um hello to Steve from sunny Cyprus everyone's just oh hello from miserable Ipswich um everyone enjoying every game via town tv tension higher in the championship the rewards with each win are great too yeah um great shout out there edward good to have you with us and he's um looking forward to the live show after preston north end we'll see you then um there you go sam jamie says hi uncle seb who's, who's this uh, hello to sam and nephew jamie honorary uncle I'm, I'm, I'm jamie's honorary uncle i took him to preston away a few years ago and mustafa carriol had the, the the 45 minutes of his life so but he's he's since gone to liverpool so the poor lad there's no saving him now that's a shame well sam jamie great to have you with us if you're there um I, hardcore if you stick around for the full near <laughs> an hour talking about if we blackburn but um, blackburn but with um, I'm sure Uncle Seb would be delighted to have you with us as well. Alan is here. Sharon's with us too. Great to have you with us. HCH. Wow. Good roll call here. And, and we'll finish with Jason. Thank you, everyone, for getting involved. Do give us a thumbs up if you're watching on YouTube. And if you're one of the, um, the lovely people on, in podcast land, um, I, I've, I've, I nerd out on, on this website called Chartable, Seb, that gives you where podcast episodes and podcasts themselves rank on itunes and spotify and i have to say our stats on 
iTunes. Really good. So thank you, everyone who's listening on iTunes. If you're also listening on other platforms, they are equally great. But if you want to boost my ego and all of our egos, frankly, um, listen on iTunes and help nudge us up to the charts. We've been in the top 30, said pretty consistently, of all soccer podcasts in Great Britain on the iTunes chart. So I'm really chuffed about that. So thank you, everyone, in podcast world. Do give us a five-star review. You can quickly hit five stars. And give us some thoughts as well in the comments as well. We'd very much appreciate a review. So I think I've kind of done plugs at the start. Means we can talk about meaty things. We've dealt with Southampton. I can already talk about ITFC women, Seb, who have had an equally strong start. One defeat, but otherwise victories. Sounds very familiar. Uh, Cheltenham Town up next at the AGL Arena. Double header, actually, against Cheltenham. We play them in the Cup a week later as well. But 5-0 battering of London Bees could, should have been more. Lucy O'Brien made her first appearance of the season as well. Uh, Friends of Blue Monday are are some of our subscribers support and sponsor Lucy. So great to see her back in action, her first minutes of the season. But yeah, it's town looking really great and really gelling. Very similar systems and kind of players. We've got a lot of pace in the fullback positions this season and players on loan making impacts in front of goal. Seb, it all sounds very, very familiar. So if you're after a football double header and you're in this part of the world, head to the AGL Arena in Felixstowe Sunday afternoon, 2 p.m. Five or a ticket for an adult um, and cheer on the tractor girls who are going really great guns and Cheltenham who are a little bit struggling. Um, so, yeah, posit- hopefully a positive result there. We'll talk more about that on Sunday. have to say, Bluey, thank you for the super sticker inflating our egos even more. Thank you so much for your support. Appreciate that. If you want to do likewise, there's a button to do that in the chat. But otherwise, as we say, thumbs up is very much appreciated. Bluey, thank you so much for your support. Seb, ITFC fans supporting food banks are back as well. That's good positive news and the same old stuff. I've got the image there. Um, good to see yeah, always, the positivity always. on the field and <clears throat> off the field coming, coming together for good causes, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, these guys do an absolutely phenomenal job. So it's the, the latest round of collections at Portman Road on Saturday. Two points as normal. One at the uh, the fan zone. Get yourselves down there and one at, I think it's Sir Alf, isn't it? Normally, Rich has got a, a list of ideas there. We'll tweet out the um, the FSF kind of Twitter handle afterwards. You can go there and you can make cash donations or you can see the kind of long life goods that they're after. But yeah, those guys do an absolutely phenomenal job. It's great the power that fans can do. You know, they can do real good when they come together. So please, if you can, get down there and support those guys in the fan zone and sort of pre-match around the ground and yeah a brilliant cause and a really really big well done to them yeah shout out to the team doing really great work there and yeah if you if you can't support with foodstuffs cash donations are great and and if you uh, want to get involved as well i'm sure the team are really keen to get volunteers as well so give them a shout itfc underscore fsf but as seb said we'll give them a retweet from the blue monday account where we got we surpassed 5k followers as well i told you i'm nerdy on my stats so thank you for everyone following us on twitter or at if you prefer, as Kieran McKenna found out at the fans forum, uh, do give us a follow on Twitter at Blue Monday ITFC if you haven't. Um, just to boost our ego even more, let's talk about other bits and pieces. Um, we did a giveaway actually with our friends at Footy Fits on Twitter, and I'm pleased to announce I haven't confirmed with him that he's able to accept the prize. But Paul Merton, not that one, with a U, <laughs> is our winner. So congratulations, Paul, if you're watching uh, or listening. Uh, we'll get in touch, and you've got a ITFC Tractor Boys beanie headed your way. So congratulations to you. Um, should we talk about Blackburn? Seb, I kind of feel like oh, we talked about lots of different things. Have we covered all the main bases? I think we have. I think you're back up to speed. Yeah, I think you've, yeah. you've, 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 your pre-season's gone well. You've got that sharpness back and you're back in the rhythm. Alan, and Alan here, Alan's boosting my great show, guys. It, <laughs> that is how Alan's figured it out. He's the figured out the strategy. Get on the screen. Thank you, Alan, so much. Yeah. It does feel weird, Seb. It's like when you drive in you go abroad hire a car and drive on the wrong side of the road for a while and the steering wheels on the wrong side you come back and you sit in your in your car having driven for weeks and weeks it just feels a bit odds but anyway we're getting there Blackburn talk to us about Blackburn <laughs> obviously Blackburn come to town this weekend and they're, they're, they're doing all right so far this season so obviously we we kind of know them now as an established championship side relegated a few years ago to league one made that made the step back up and they've had kind of steady years of progression I think it's fair to say over the last sort of five six years or so taken over by the Venkies back in 2010 as a Premier League side obviously we'll discuss the uh, uh, some of the managerial fun they've had for the last few years or so 
but it's fair to say I think the early chaos of the of the Venkis range with you know multiple managers being appointed and links to Ronaldinho. Do you remember that one in the oh. January transfer window? Ronaldinho was going to come in. Really? Might have only left Barcelona. Maybe we ended up going to Milan instead. And um, yeah, that those kind of weird things that the owners can sometimes do when they're perhaps not necessarily tuned into to football in this country. They've kind of appointed sensible you know, competent footballing people in key decisions, uh, one of which, Tony Mowbray, obviously an absolute legend of this club. And those decisions have kind of they've borne fruit for the last few years in terms of their, you know, steady progression not on, on the pitch and sort of stability off the pitch. Yeah, bringing in quite a few young players as well, talented players, doing a bit of player trading as well. And yeah, there was a period in the mid kind of teens, wasn't there? Steve Keane, I remember being in charge. I think Allardyce was in charge there a while as well. And Paul Lambert. Was Paul Lambert? Oh, wow. Yeah, there's Lambert some... was there. Yeah, we'll there's, come on to some the, of the... If Mog was one end of the kind of ex-switch <laughs> down managerial scale with Blackburn, then certainly Paul Lambert's the other end Still of getting it. paid. He's still under contract for another 18 months he or so, is isn't he? he? There you go. <laughs> Let's talk about state of play as of this season. Obviously, a great, we'll talk about last season as well, um, which was pretty good, but just catch us up where, where they're at at the moment. Yeah, so currently sat 12th with 10 points from the seven games. They played most recently midweek against Sunderland and they've played seven games so far this year. Won three, drawn one, lost three, scored nine goals, conceded 12. There's no real consistency in their kind of results. There's consistency in the performances so far this season, but the results are loss, win, loss, win. You know, they can't sort of get themselves into any kind of form despite the performances being pretty constant and the fans being kind of pretty happy with it. You mentioned a minute ago about the the youthfulness of the squad. It's the third youngest side in the league behind Sunderland and Leeds. Average age just under 24 years old. So it's clearly a strategy they've looked to develop. We'll discuss some of the players that moved on in the summer and they kind of went out and bought players in that kind of age bracket to try and maybe develop and and look to sell on. Their XG is pretty good so far this season. The, the narrative of tonight, I would say, if you're going to take anything away from this this chat or this lecture, um, is that <laughs> they are pretty good at creating chances. The XG is pretty high. They've got the highest XG in the league. I know some people hate XG, but they've got a highest XG of nearly 14 in the league. 20 big chances have been missed yeah. so far by them this season, which again is the highest in the league. So the narrative for Blackburn is very much they play nice football. They're a short passing side. They will create chances, but they are missing a clinical number nine to put the ball into the into the back of the net. You know, they've had issues with players leaving that we'll come on to, but that's the key takeaway. Nice football, play well. Once it gets into the box, it all kind of goes a little bit wrong. Yeah, they attack quite a, a pace as well. They've got um, good flair out wide. But yeah, create, it's kind of the, the, the opposite situation when we started the 17-18 season under Mick and were beating teams with a pitiful XG and you kind of yeah. thought, well, this isn't going to, this isn't going to last. And kind of Blackburn's painful. the opposite, yeah. isn't it? You kind of think if someone figures out how to get this, their scoring boots on, then they should be doing much better than where they're at the moment, which isn't terrible, but as you say, inconsistent. And yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they deal with that. Cause yeah, there's not a huge amount of options for them in the squad. We'll talk about more about that. And obviously you mentioned a big absentee, as well you mentioned the defeat to Sunderland last time out um do you want to talk to us anything about that one obviously yeah got kind of back into the game but and had chances as well but just squandered yeah, well, de- didn't defend particularly well is probably my takeaway. From yeah, that. but they, they played well. Again, you know, they created plenty of chances, 22 shots to 13, 58% possession. They're a, a fairly heavy possession-based kind of side. Played well, but absolutely no cutting edge. That's the problem. Uh, Harry Leonard, the striker, was likely to start. He, he he scored second goal of the season. He scored on the opening day as well. He scored, but Sunderland with you know Alex Pritchard, Jack Jack Clark were just you know next level up, and they kind of took them to the cleaners a little bit in the second half. But the you know yeah the the, the moral is exactly mirroring this season. They played okay. They created quite a few chances. They've got an injury to Sam Gallagher up front, so they're lacking that experience. Number nine, Leonard, who I just mentioned, is kind of a kid. He's he, I think he's nineteen years old. Only played less than 10 games for the, for the club in his history. He's having to hold the line at the moment, given the injuries crisis they've got and the departures. And yeah, they just couldn't put the ball in the back of the net, but they were pretty optimistic. You know, John Dahl Thomas and the manager comes out afterwards and says, you know, I'm pretty pleased with how things are, how things are going. What, why are you ticking? What have I said now? Well, you, they, uh, you like to say so-and-so comes out and says, Oh, right. Okay. Are right, we, okay, we right. talked about this. We, and I haven't done it yet. I'm going to make it. A- I'm going to thing like everyone Seb says a Sebism. Right. Ticking a box because I was I listened to the Sheffield Wednesday pre-match show um, on my drive back to Ipswich last weekend and I was sitting there going oh there's one oh there's another <laughs> one so yeah so okay. and so comes out and says back on the grass we'll talk more about that one when we talk about our team because 
there's at least three or four players who are back on the grass as of today, aren't there? Um, what's the other one? There's bodies. lots of them. Bodies. bodies. Blackburn needs some bodies. Anyway, talk to us about last season then, which was, yeah, pretty, I guess maybe a surprising season. Uh, first season for Yondal Thomason. You mentioned him. The new coach came in and, and straightened the playoffs. But probably there's a, there's a standout man that's maybe contributing in a, an attacking sense that maybe dragged him over the line. Is that fair? Yeah, so it's the first, obviously, it's the first season with John Dahl Thomason in the in the managerial hot seat. He replaced Tony Mowbray, and there was a real shift in the playing style. He kind of moves them to a more possession-heavy side, a shorter passing side, but that kind of comes at the expense of, uh, you know, they, they scored seven less goals than they scored 52 goals as opposed to 59 the season before. So they, you know, they weren't scoring that many goals. They've just kind of focused on the shorter passing game and the possession styles. Decent season, finished seventh on 69 points, missed out on the playoffs on goal difference alone, had that crazy crazy last day of the season away at Millwall when Millwall were comfortably in the playoffs and were 2-0 up and then suddenly completely imploded. They won, they won four, they beat Millwall 4-3 and as a result, Millwall dropped out of those those playoff positions and, and, and Blackburn still missed out on, on goal difference. But it's been a, it's kind of a steady progression since they moved back into the into the championship from League One. They kind of finished 15th, 11th, 15th, then two years on the bounce, they finished 8th and 7th now. So they're a side that are there or thereabouts, to quote Mr Diamond, uh, with regards to hunting down the playoff spots. And it was a pretty decent season for them. The big caveat was obviously Ben Berriton diaz who was their star man, top player, 14 goals, 36 goals over the last two seasons. He kind of moves on in the summer on a free transfer, which, you know, if you're a side at our level without parachute payments, losing a player of that quality on a free is going to absolutely crucify you, isn't it? Because you're not going to get that reinvestment back into the squad. And that's kind of why they find themselves short up front and, and kind of in this position of creating lots of chances, but not being able to take them. Yeah, they couldn't do a Coventry, could they? Who obviously sold um, Jokerez for 27 euros, 27 million euros or whatever. And 27 euros. 27 euros. Yeah, it's yeah. bargain, isn't it? Um, so, yeah, it's, uh, but still, I'd say that's a, a pretty impressive season. Based, you know, we've obviously been out of the championship. I'm sure Ben has done a lot of analysis on Blackburn over the last season or, or so as well. But I think not many people saw that one coming, but they started well and kept their momentum going. And there's a there's a hint for for Kieran McKenna and Ipswich there, isn't there? Uh, do you want to talk about the ownership? I think we dealt with it. Do you want to, any? Yeah, so still owned, by the Ven- still owned by the Venkies group. They've been there since 2010. As we discussed at the start, very heavily kind of managerial changes, chopping and changes. There, there was a point where they had five or six managers and the average tenure was less than 35 games for those managers in charge. So you are never going to be able to build any kind of consistency or, or strategy if you just keep chopping and changing you your managers. You never win. Yeah. 35 games or so, but they've kind of calmed it right down in the last few years. Mowbray gets appointed in uh, February 2017. Steve Waggett gets appointed CEO in December 2017. They had no CEO up until that point. He had similar CEO roles at Charlton and Gillingham, and he came in, and the two of them kind of steadied the ship, and they were empowered to make the key decisions. They bounced straight back to the championship. Um, obviously, we, we played them on that opening day under Paul Hurst, their first year back at this level. And it's kind of been progression since then. So the chaotic start of their ownership sort of 10, 12 years ago, the last few years has kind of been much calmer. And, and, and as a result, they're seeing steady improvement on the pitch. Yeah. Should we talk about history against us? Before we talk about modern day um, Blackburn games, you've already alluded to one there. I mean, I've got some pretty fond memories of Blackburn Growing up as a town fan, I, my, one of the first seasons that I can properly remember with some detail um, is the 93-94 season and a nil-nil draw at Blackburn, who were then would go on to be champions of the Premier League the season after. Keeps us up by virtue of Mark Steen scoring that last-minute winner against Sheffield United that relegated them. So that's in my mind, the 1-0 win at Blackburn away in the FA Cup. The Richard Again, Wright kind of, game season two years later when they'd yeah. just been champions and were reigning champions and there were the quotes about Alan Shearer there's no easy games mm-hmm. at home apart from Ipswich or something like that and we beat them in extra time Paul Mason and do you remember Tony Mowbray's volleyed equaliser in the in the death at Two two park two all yeah. yeah when he turned two nil, into, two nil down Matt Holland yeah. thunder beef from the edge of the area off for them as well maybe or yeah. some Blake was it I think got sent Absolutely. off if I remember rightly the the useless information that that goes around in my <laughs> head uh, I think Jonas Axeldar might have started for us that day I'm not sure that might be incorrect wow. but yeah it was, we've we've had some battles against them I remember a really frustrating nil nil draw in the 99 2000 season I think we lost to Norwich maybe drew with somebody like Tranmere and we uh, we drew nil nil with them one night as well on a very wet 
blustery port where we just couldn't break them down. One of those frustrating games where, you know, we, we kind of couldn't work out a plan B to get through side. So, yeah, I mean, our overall record is pretty, you know, it's, it's pretty close. We, we've had 20 wins. They've had 17 wins. And there's been 18 draws, but they've not won at Portman Road since November 1994. So the, it, it's certainly not a happy hunting ground for them. Wow. That's pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah. I'm, I'm trying to think. I mean, we've probably played them... Ten times during that. Yeah, there's a few games. Yeah, quite a few. It's just not uh, not somewhere they they, they they normally beat us. Our record at Ewood Park is pretty yeah. crap. So it's one of those. We win the home games and they win the the games up there. So it's a yeah, yeah. It's not a happy hunting ground for them. If you've got any Blackburn memories, um, additional ones, stick them in the chat. I was, I was kind of scraping the barrel. That's why we we're going we're to bring back that goal commentary quiz, but there's not a huge amount, and I run out of time anyway. But I'm, I, the only ones I can think of is like Murphy. Scoring that cracker from the volley from a corner, wasn't it? In the first minute in the 14 15 season, and we away. lost, didn't we? Yeah, and we, we lost. It's still, Derby had a massive brain fart and missed out in the playoffs, didn't it? But yeah, it sounds like John positive. Rhodes always seemed to score against us, didn't he? That is true as well. Yeah, um, you mentioned the games last time in the last time we played them, which was 18 19. We talked about the two all draw, there was a two nil defeat at Ewood Park, which I don't remember no recollection. at all. Yeah, no recollection. I'm sure Lambert said we played well and did well. Yeah. The two-all draw was interesting, wasn't it? First first game under Paul Hurst, Janoy Danassian started, and obviously he's the, the one player from that game who's probably still in the uh, in the building. We were 1-0 up early, didn't we? Was it Guion Edwards with a header? That's probably the highlight of the Paul Hurst era. And then, yeah, I remember letting they let Bradley Dack just waltz through our defence twice to score and a very late equaliser by Teo Eden, wasn't it? And yeah, very, yeah, strange looking back now and seeing the, the turnover of players since then will be absolutely crazy. Yeah, we, uh, we've got a Blackburn offer in there. Jason Dizel goal promotion, um, goal in the promotion season at Christmas. Um, also, probably a year later, uh, um, was Boncho's overhead kick. That was against Blackburn as well. Uh, I think from 1-0 down, if I remember rightly as well. So, there is some stuff in there as well. And as Jules, last, last time I went, was poor man. I bet you got back at like two in the morning or something, didn't you, Jules? But yeah, some positive memories a, in there. I went to a nil-nil draw in, uh, actually, Sam, the guy with his nephew, Jamie, mentioned it earlier. We went together. Must have been 2016, Leon Best's debut, I think it was. And it was absolutely awful. Turgid. Let's talk about the, let's talk about the boss, shall we? Um, I was doing some research very briefly because I do a little bit. I thought Yondar Thomason was kind of a bit of a legend at Newcastle. But he only played 23 times for yeah, him, didn't he? Yeah, like three goals. He was, moved he was on in quite Match quickly, Magazine every single bloody week. They bloody loved him. Him, John Beresford, um, Peter Fear at Wimbledon. Match, Match Magazine bloody loved Peter Fear, who never did anything for them. Um, there was a guy, a Paul McGregor at Nottingham Forest. I liked all the kind of indie hipster guys. But Yondar Thomason, I seem to remember, was always in Match Magazine. But yeah, 23 appearances. Three goals. I think he was signed as a number 10 and shoved into, a, into an attacking position because Shearer got injured. It was the Shearer they, cruciate injury, wasn't they it? He sold yeah. Ferdinand to Spurs yeah. and he just couldn't cut it as a forward. But he's had a pretty, he's had a really solid career. And yeah, all good. of us were probably surprised at him joining Blackburn as a coach. But he, he's been a coach and manager for about nine years before he went to Blackburn, hasn't he? Give us a bit of a potted history of his career. Yeah, so he's been there in charge at the start of last season and obviously this season so far. Previous roles at Malmo, Rhoda, Kirkraid and Excelsior. He actually won back-to-back league titles at Malmo in the Swedish, what's it called? The Elke Ver in the top Swedish league. He won back-to-back league titles in 2020 and 2021. He's pretty tactically astute. He's been heavily praised for that. He's been linked with a few kind of bigger teams uh, back end of this summer when he was kind of murmuring a bit of discontent regarding the transfer business. So I think he's viewed as a bit of an up-and-comer. And obviously the playing spells, you've mentioned Newcastle. Spell it, Heverine, he, uh, Fine Nord, AC Milan, Shit, I thought I got it. <laughs> Have another Heraveen, go. Heraveen, Heraveen. There's an N in the middle. Aaron Veen, yeah, whatever. Um, and obviously Denmark, a Denmark legend, you know, 112 caps, 52 goals for I'm Denmark. sorry, mate, I'm sorry. Very you know my job rate, is. Very highly rated uh, striker, apart from his time at Newcastle, and doing a really good job at, at Blackburn so far. Like I say, he's really kind of changed the playing style from what Mowbray was doing to this new shorter passing, higher possession kind of side, and it's going well. There you go. You've been, you've been possibly corrected there by... No, it was nil nil. Yeah, it was nil nil. Jamie's Jamie's been to two games, I think, a nil nil at Blackburn and a one nil win at Preston. So yes, he, he has an unbeaten record watching Ipswich play. His uh, his Matt chiming in. He's, he, he did. To... He didn't. Yeah, Ben was lovely last week. We joked. We laughed. He. No, what you did me, was slag he, me off. He threw me under the bus about tickets at the uh, yeah, at we'll the um, 
the fans forum, and now you're back and it's all gone straight back to normal, hasn't it? I feel oh, like I thought... sidekick, you're the partridge to my sidekick, Simon. <laughs> you can't use the big screen touch screen wall. Come on. Um, anyway, there we go. Do you want to talk? Uh, yeah, we've we've dealt with managers. We've Yeah, I think we know about Yondal Thomason a bit more. Professionalism is, that's what we want. <laughs> talk to us about, so, I mean, I'm looking at these names, Seb, on, and there's but... some recruitment from abroad, which is something we keep bemoaning with Ipswich, isn't it? We're shopping kind of in the same pool as everyone else and a lot of British-based signings, but Thomason's network is going to be pretty vast, isn't it? And it's, it's what they've been exploiting this summer to bring in quite a lot of players in, but as you mentioned, no kind of big money signings, maybe one Wolstead, um, the keeper, um, but you don't bring in the Brereton Diaz cash. You, you generally have to shop um, kind of cleverly and it looks like that's what they tried to do. Yeah, that's the problem, isn't it? You don't get that big payday for your striker going out. They actually turned down an offer last summer for him. I think, I don't know if they offered him a contract, Bereton Diaz, and he kind of made it clear he's going to move on. Nice offered 10, uh, 10 million quid and Blackburn rejected it saying they wanted 15. And I guess maybe they were confident of selling him in January, but for whatever reason, it didn't happen. As a result, they haven't got the money to go out and kind of reinvest this summer. So they have brought in, like you say, players from abroad. But I'll be honest, the, the transfer business they've done, the players have barely featured so far this season. It's very much kind of last year's squad. You know, you mentioned Le- Old Wolstead, he's the backup goalkeeper. He came in for just under a million quid. Sandra Tronstad, he's come back into the squad for this week, along with Arnold Sigurdsson, who's an attacking midfielder. They both got injuries in pre-season. Sigurdsson hasn't featured at all. I think Tronstad played made one start or one sub-appearance against Middlesbrough early in the season. They're both back in the squad. Niall Ennis, our foe from Plymouth last season, scoring last-minute winners and affecting games off the bench. He went there on a free transfer, but again, he's been injured. He won't feature at the weekend. He's not a, He's not going to feature. Uh, Semir Talovic is a striker. He's come in. He's uh, kind of vying with Leonard for that up-front kind of place. James Hill on loan from, uh, from Bournemouth. Why have you got your arm up? What are you trying to say? I want to ask a question. But you, you were in full flow. Nal Ennis. Yeah. Do you think he regrets not staying at Plymouth? Um, well, I guess no, Black, Blackburn's Black a sure thing in terms of wanting to play in the championship. Yeah, Blackburn are a bigger club than Plymouth, aren't they? They've won the Premier League, for God's sake. So I think it's it, from, a, from a kind of hell to all the Plymouth fans who are about to, to start slating me. I think, uh, no, I think, I think Blackburn is, if you get offered the two between Plymouth and Blackburn, he's probably A, doubled his money. B, he's not going to be, okay, at the start of the season, we thought Plymouth might be in a relegation scrap, whereas Blackburn are a much safer bet. And they're just a much bigger club. And obviously, okay. Blackburn is far nicer to live in than Plymouth on the south coast. So that's the final tick of the uh, of the box. But yeah, no, I don't think he would regret it. He's, he's not featured. He's picked up an injury. But okay. I think given their lack of options up front, he'd be pretty confident about nailing down that number nine kind of position when he's fit and, you know, contributing to the team. Okay, there you go. Sorry, I cut you off partway through. It's all right. James Hill's coming on loan from Bournemouth, centre-back, very highly rated. I think Bournemouth paid quite big money for him. And Andy Moran's come in. He's kind of left number 10 slash left winger. He's on loan from Brighton, 19 years old. I think Brighton are hoping he's going to be the next one off their kind of conveyor belt of talent. So they've brought a fair few players in, but as of up till this point, none of them really featured to any great degree so far this season. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a It's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Blue Monday are delighted to be partnered with TalkSport Fan Network and NordVPN, giving you the best possible offering for browsing the internet securely. NordVPN opens up global streaming options for content not available in your region by switching your virtual location quicker than Wesburn's running down the wing. NordVPN acts like your cyber Sam Morsey whilst online, protecting your personal data and sensitive info like passwords and credit card details from falling into the wrong hands. For about the price of an ITFC match program a month or a Blue Monday Telegram subscription, you can get yourself a NordVPN account which can be used across six different devices. If you need to rapidly change direction like Amari Hutchinson, there's a 30-day money-back guarantee. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash Blue Monday or click the link in the podcast or YouTube subscription to be taken straight there, supporting us here at Blue Monday in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You in? 
Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Yep. And we mentioned that, I mean, Bradley Duck and Daniel Ayala departed in the summer as well, didn't they? Yeah. It's released, but Dak's ended up at Sunderland. Um, some money brought in as well. A couple of signings for, for cash, but doesn't it like a huge amount of it's been reinvested, does it? No, Thomas Kaminsky went to Luton that time when they were linked with Walton. Do you remember? They were kind of the, that, link, that link to Walton came out of nowhere, sort of start of August time. They went and signed Kaminsky instead. And Ashley Phillips, a very highly rated young centre back, has gone to Spurs for a couple of million quid. I don't think he's featured much there. He might have been involved in their, their League Cup defeat, but he's certainly one for the future. So they bought a bit of money in, but didn't really reinvest it, which I guess you know is, is kind of the, the the norm for a, a kind of club at this level who you know without parachute money you've got to try and balance your books each year like, like we did in the late 90s yeah and as you mentioned it there was a point where you thought thomason might might leave he did he was there were it, yeah there was mutterings of discontent wasn't there well he said last year they got i think diaz had an injury at some point and they were really down to the bare bones up front and he found that very frustrating he made a couple of comments in the january window about it and he made some comments towards the end of the uh, towards the end of the window the same thing this time saying you know we haven't really gone out there and done that much business if we get an injury, which is exactly what's turned out to happen with both Gallagher and Ennis ruled out, then straight away, like last year, they're, they're very light up front. So, yeah, not overly happy towards the end of the window, but you never know how much of that is just managerial posturing. And, and in terms of, um, here's, here's Sully, did I miss anything? Just 32 minutes of me slagging off Seb, Sully, and yeah. Seb doing his best to impart wisdom to everyone. Dr. Brown's giving a lecture. That's, I think, your words, le- lecture, wasn't it? Dr. Sebastian Brown. Great Scott. Let's talk about uh, the formation and style of play and key personnel. I mean, there's a name that I'm going to mention here um, and take people back to just before the lockdown season, Sammy Smodich's, um that Peterborough 4-1 game. 4-1 and him, was it? Yeah. Him shushing the North stand, you know, ex-Cole U. Um, I, it wouldn't surprise me if there are Cole U fans kind of thinking Sammy Smodich is a U, he hates Ipswich. Um, he'll want to impress tomorrow. Uh, scored a couple, didn't he, last week um, yep. against Borough. Um, I think they play him centrally, but he can play out wide. Uh, he's definitely a threat, but it looks, uh, I mean, most teams at this level, it's a 4 2 3 1 or a variation of the, thereof and try to retain possession. That's pretty much standard, isn't it? It is, yeah. It's a four-two-three-one. If Schmodich is fit, if Schmodich isn't fit, it becomes a four-three-three. It's that. It's that straightforward. To be honest with you, uh, they'll play out from the back. Their short passing style. They average four hundred and sixty-one short passes a game. For some comparison, we average three hundred and ninety-two. So they like to knock the ball around. Schmodich is the main guy. Four goals so far this season. Ex Colu, like you said, ex Peterborough. I think he was linked with us, wasn't he, before he went to Peterborough when he was leaving Bristol yeah. City. That January window, we brought in Josh Earl. I'm sure we were linked with him. They've got Adam Wharton and uh, and. Lewis Travers in central midfield. Wharton's Wharton's good. Very highly rated. Yeah, brother of Scott Wharton, the centre-back. He's very highly rated. Links with Everton, Chelsea and Man United this summer, believe it or not. And uh, Travers is the the club captain, kind of like a bit of a box-to-box. The the central midfield on Saturday will be absolutely crucial, I think. You've got Morsi and Luongo against Wharton and Travers and they're very, very similar. You know, Wharton will sit deep. He's the more athletic of the two, so we'll look to make interceptions, break up play and get them moving very much like Morsi does for us. And then you've got Travers versus Luongo, which is kind of the more box-to-box kind of role so that's a a really key part of the uh part of the battle on saturday i think callum britain's pretty good at right back he's keeping the uh uh the the the, the young prospect joe ranking costello out the side he's a very attacking right back uh he's got three you know, created three big chances so far this season and their top dribbler averaging three successful dribbles per 90 and ryan hedges links up well then down that right hand side ryan hedges has the seventh highest shot creation actions in the league with 26 which i'm sure is a stat you will bloody love well, Wes Burns is second, isn't he? In yeah, yeah, and Dukes is on there as well, but he was on there as well from their point of view. So, yeah, I mean, it doesn't talk the, to you about chance about the create the quality of the, quali- the shots chance. But no, but their their xG is high, so getting, it suggests it would suggest yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, they're creating pretty decent quality chances. Yeah, yeah, I, I wasn't disputing that. I'm just saying that 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 metric it, it relies on a shot hap- happening at the end of it. That shot could fly over the bar or yeah, yeah, into the stands. You know what I mean? So it's important, I guess. It's a it's a marker of, pro, of end product or a successful kind of a it's, it's kind of like a pre-assist kind of thing, isn't it? But yeah, it's um there's definitely youth, there's pace in this team, yep. width as well, and yeah, we talked about Harry Leonard. If we met, if we talked more about him. Obviously, scored 
midweek we mentioned him a couple of times haven't we but he's kind of another one of these kind of 20 21 year olds they've got quite a few of them in the squad isn't he yeah, praised by Thomason for his good work in midweek. Scored, missed a couple of other chances as well. He scored on the opening day of the season. He's only, he's a kid, you know, he's 19 years old, 20 years old, I think he is. He's played nine games for the club. So he's doing a sterling effort leading the line. And they've got a bit of options off the bench where if the game's not going in their in their favour, they've got Tyrese Dolan, who's kind of can play either side of the of the three behind the striker, um, attacking kind of, you know, pacey, exciting winger. And the previously mentioned Joe Rankin Costello can fill in at right back, right wing back or, or, or right wing again, a very attacking player. So they have got options on the bench to change it up if they need to the central defence is pretty solid you're looking at Dominic Hyam and Hayden Carter they've made a really good kind of strong partnership for sort of the, the, the calendar year of 2023 keeping Scott Wharton out of the side so it's a, a solid base with those two at the back and the two in central midfield that is meant to allow the likes of Schmodic, Hedges and the, and the like to kind of push forward and do their thing that being said they are much better going forward than defending, as we talked about, and that, that that maybe lack of experience, which we which was discussed about Southampton. You know, Jacob Mellis and um, Cher, is it? I'm just trying to remember who the who the guy was who hyped Shea Charles. Shea Charles, thank you. Yeah. There's you can be kind of a high prospect player, but when you are up against a high press, does that concentration and you know lack of positional awareness perhaps? can that be exploited and and certainly Sunderland did that really well didn't they created a lot of mistakes penalty conceded was a bit iffy but you know that's that's maybe confusion and balls coming into the box and players maybe not knowing where to be so that is something that we can definitely try to exploit on Saturday any final conclusions on Blackburn particularly their former way said before we talk about us yeah, like we said earlier, very, very inconsistent. The, the only stats that really jumped out for me was there. Maybe, do you remember how many times we were accused in the past of not being streetwise enough? You know, we were too nice, had a bit of a soft underbelly. The the stats would kind of back them up for that. They only commit six fouls per game, which is the lowest in the league. They're also third bottom for fouls one per game. So are they lacking that bit of, you know, street cred that maybe comes with a more experienced squad? You know, very young kids throughout the side. Is that an effect of that? The offside, they're very good at catching players offside. So I'm really glad Macaulay Bond isn't still there because that would be a really annoying afternoon they're the best at catching a side offside in the league averaging 3.3 per game and they love shots both conceding and facing so they average 19 shots conceding uh, they concede 19 shots on average away from home uh, but they also like to take shots they average 15 shots taken so expect a lot of shots um, expect them not to take any kind of clinical chances and to kind of focus play down that right hand side with Britain and Hedges some good insights there. Watch out for the offsides, I think is what we're saying. Uh, maybe a different strategy for us. We'll talk about that very briefly. Uh, sorry, we'll talk about that in a moment. Might worth mentioning the referee, Seb, uh, is one Keith Stroud, someone this group will bloody love. Everyone will remember <laughs> Keith Stroud. He's kind of, I when when everyone's found out about it, it's like, oh, bloody hell, it's like Andy Durso back in the day, isn't it? It's Keith Stroud. Always probably makes the game a little bit too much about him if we're going to be critical but I was trying to find do some research like has he screwed Ipswich Town over in any obvious way and all I could find was a couple of moments in the relegation season when he disallowed a John Nolan goal against Forrest and then ignored a Stonewall penalty on Caden Jackson in injury time and Villa I think they beat us 1-0 gave a soft penalty to John McGinn and missed a blatant amble by Elphick uh, that would have uh, you know given us a penalty so you know, it's not like he's denied us like a playoff yeah. win or something yeah. like that, but <laughs> yeah. it's definitely, uh, here come the, yeah, there you go, Jack Hurst, terrible ref. Um, Keith Stroud, a pound shot, Mike Dean says, Matt Macon. Um, and Neil, Neil will maybe summar- Neil summarising it pretty pretty well. He's got small person syndrome. No, he can possibly comment on that. I guess Mr. So, Morsey will have to be careful tomorrow. If he's in, if he's in the well, mood to make it about himself, then Morsey's going to have to really kind of James watch what is, he does. Yeah, James is kind of, I have a feeling Morsey will pick up his fifth yellow card. I yeah. don't know, James, whether you knew that it was Keith Stroud referring the match before you post that comment, but I suspect you you feel even more strongly about that now. Um, shall we take a pause and come back about Ipswich? We want to get your thoughts on, um, well, obviously quite a lot of rotation midweek, so give us your thoughts about who might stay in or we might drop out and come back in but shall we announce our guest for the live event seb should we do please so we're delighted to confirm that former town skipper and top 10 all-time ipswich in the top 10 i should say i think he's number 10 is he maybe number nine number 10 luke chambers will be joining us live 7th 
of October after Preston North End. The skipper is getting involved. Uh, he'll be joining us to answer our questions and yours as well. So do come along. Do get involved in that. If you want to get your tickets, if you're on YouTube, there's a link in the video description. You can always head to bluemondayitfc.co.uk. Also, I've created a QR code. If you're watching on oh, TV posh. and then got a mobile device and can take a picture, that QR code will take you to the ticket purchasing link and it's only a tenner set we've reduced the prices we've made it a little bit earlier we've listened to everyone's feedback there'll be all the pods in there i think joe may be a question mark because he's got a family commitment but he should be there for some of it and um, ben's in in um involved as well he obviously missed out last time so great to have ben back with us as well but the usual footy chat fun and games giveaways all that kind of fun stuff we send it hours at BT's, haven't we? Extra pie yeah, so put on, so you don't you don't have to leave. You haven't got to go to town and then look to come back like last year. You can stay in the venue for the whole thing. Come and chat with us, you know, post match immediately in BT's, and we'll hang around before we have to go and set up, and then we can go straight into it. So yeah, there's 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 no better place to be on Saturday the seventh of October when Ipswich draw one all with Preston. That's our record. No, what happened? Was it that was last time? Was it was it one all? Water. Uh, the, the previous two we've done. We did one at the curve by, didn't we? That was one all. Yeah, but well. we were crap that year. So that was kind of expected. Oh, and we secured it in the last minute as well so yeah, yeah tickets are a, a, a tenner plus bees um if you're not a member of our telegram group but if you want to join our telegram group there's a discount entry it's eight quid for telegram members and you can join telegram and there's a discount promo code in there um and you not only get to be part of telegram if you even if you did the free trial we'd none the why to get yourself a bit of a discount as well but we hope there's plenty of fun stuff going on there as said mentioned join us in bt straight after we've got our mate gab sutton coming to the game he might stick around and have a chat with us as well he's at the game and the club have assured me there'll be plenty of portman pies as well so we don't get hungry so hopefully yeah lou chambers said going to be a really fascinating guest obviously spoke yeah so our friends at life's a pitch a few weeks ago but It'll be good to ask him some very specific questions and, yeah, get your thinking caps on about what you might ask him. I mean, saw a lot, didn't he? Being the yeah. skipper, played a lot of football matches as well. So, yeah, he should yeah. be really interesting, shouldn't he? Absolutely, yeah. Great to have him come along. Obviously, he'll have many, many stories given the kind of, you know, the the amazing start when he was, you know, captain of that playoff side and then he tried to hold the club together with, with Scoose as everything kind of fell apart around him. So really looking, looking forward to hearing those kind of insights and, some of the stuff that he's got to say. It's going to be a really, really great night. Come along. Make sure you get your tickets. Like I say, go to Telegram if you want. Two-week free trial. You can cash in the, the discounted tickets straight away and then hopefully see as many of you as we can on the 7th. Yep. Um, skip intro. That QR code looks like Morsey's <laughs> heat map. Yeah, great. <laughs> yeah, fair point. Um, with a big yellow card in the middle. No, joking. So let's talk about us then. Um I'm worth mentioning. Everyone's fit. It's weird, isn't it? Well, I, they're on the grass, Seb. Are they match fit? That's the question. I'm so Leaf Davis missed out, unsurprisingly, on Tuesday. Massimo Longo missed out as well. Nathan Broadhead missed out too. Of that trio, um, well, you can talk about George Hurst, Freddie Lapa as well if you want. Dane Scarlett now in the mix too. What What's your configuration, Seb? I wouldn't start Davis too much of a risk. If he's back in training, brilliant, because I think we all kind of feared the worst last weekend with that injury where he kind of went down and looked like he maybe had an Achilles problem. So I, I wouldn't start him too much of a risk for me, especially when we've got Wolves in the week. You can give him a proper week off now before the uh, uh, before the game away at Huddersfield the following weekend. So Brandon Williams, he kind of grew into the game for me against the Lampard. He, look, he looked knackered, didn't he, by the end, but it would have done him well to get kind of minutes into the, into the leg. So I'd stick with Williams at, at left back. Clark was back to his marauding best. Some of those challenges on on Tuesday night were phenomenal so I'd have him in at right back centre back's pick itself obviously as does as does Flagkey Luongo I'd bring back in tough night for Jack Taylor I thought I think he struggled to get up to the the pace of the game a little bit you know him and Morsey were kind of struggling to assert themselves in central midfield for a while and then as soon as Massimo came on we saw that you know the familiarity that him and Morsey bring us they give us that physicality and that presence in central midfield so Luongo straight back in for me. Broadhead, I think, starts games at Portman Road. I, I, I wouldn't have him him on the bench again. And I guess maybe do you look to rest Burns, given that you know he came off against Wednesday with a he said he felt his hamstring, didn't he? he played ninety minutes and put a hell of a lot of effort in in the week. He's a player who has tended to to, to start if he's been fit under McKenna. I don't remember him being on the bench very often, but Hutchinson did play well, so I wouldn't be that shocked if Hutchinson moved across to the right 
Broadhead came back in on the left and Chaplin was behind Hurst. Hurst would want to play. He had that lone spell at Blackburn in the first half of last season. Didn't get a fair crack at the whip at all. I think he made two starts. 11 appearances, two starts. Barely featured for them. He will want to play against them and prove a point. I just wonder if Hutchison might shift across to the right-hand side or if Caden Jackson is fit enough to come in, maybe he comes in for a game. Yeah, give us your thoughts on on who starts up front, I think. I, I, I And whether Hutchinson comes in. I know there was some chat earlier on. Apologies. I... I can't scroll all the way through and find that stuff. I would be surprised if Hutchinson starts, but I, I, I think your thought on Burns is a fair thought. Yeah. Um, if he's maybe struggling, and we know that he obviously left the Wales camp a little bit early, didn't he, as well? So that wouldn't surprise me. But I also think that McKenna likes his pairings as well. Um, you've got Clark and Burns, haven't you? You've got Davis and Broadhead. I just wonder whether Williams... Well, Williams has formed a bit of a partnership now with... Hutchinson, when you think about it, yeah. against Cardiff. Yeah, for, so. for the Dapper winner against Cardiff, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, um, so, I th- yeah, it'll be interesting to see how we go there, but I totally agree with you on Luongo, and I think it's inevitable that Davis will be rested as well, but it'd be great to see him on the bench, wouldn't it? Um, Neil's going 100% Hurst, um, I think, and Broadhead starts at home. I think we probably, yeah, yeah fair enough. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And, and Michael Burns covers so much of the pitch and attack. Yeah, if he's fit defense. enough, I would do it. I just wonder how much of a risk is and, you know, what the, the, the red zone, what the health guys, what the fitness guys are going to say with regards to his kind of, you know, grading after fitting, you know, put, leaving the Wales squad earlier, suspicions of a torn hamstring, which turned out to be a strain. They definitely mentioned he felt it when he came off at Hillsborough a week ago and then he put in so much on Tuesday night. So, yeah, I just wouldn't be that surprised if he maybe had a, had a week off before the Huddersfield game next week. Yeah. Um, and as we know, creates a lot of shot-making opportunities, doesn't he, as well? So, yeah, a lot of support for George Hurst, though. Um, scoring against his old club, uh, stranger things have happened. Charlie's asked us about Axel twen Zabi. Well, he and- was, McKenna was very clear and said he's at the start of his pre-season campaign and he won't feature in the league, but he specifically said league games, didn't he? So, yeah, I, I would I would give him some minutes against Wolves. Whether he starts, I don't know. I guess if Edmondson and Baggett are fit, they probably deserve to start the game, but, you know, uh, an hour in, there's no harm whatsoever giving him a half an hour run out to try and look to build that, that match sharpness because he yep. could be the best of the bunch. You know, he could be a hell of a signing if we can keep him fit. We've just got to manage him carefully given his injury record and the fact he's so far out. behind. Who are you taking out? Burgess? At the moment, at the moment. No, 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 not the moment, nobody. But if he, if he can get fit, then, you know, he is a Premier League player who's played for Man United, captain Man United, marked Kylian Mbappe at the, at the you know, the PSG Champions League game. So he's a hell of a player if we can get him fit and he is better than our central defensive positions. However, given how those two are playing so far, then no, I, I certainly wouldn't drop him on the yeah, Michael was saying Broadhead has to up his goal celebrations. <laughs> He's generally he scoring important again, goals. Like he was against Cardiff. He got really well, yeah. angry, didn't he? And then just smashed that one into the top corner. So He scores important goals a... where you need to grab the ball and run back to the center, yeah. the spin spot, don't you? Like Port yeah. Vale and Sheffield Wednesday and yeah, um, and obviously Cardiff as well. Um, James mentions like to see Scarlett come on late as well. It looked promising on Tuesday. Obviously, he can't play against Wolves in the Cup. So I, I thought Scarlett made a, a really useful cameo as well. But... Freddie might want to feature Jackson, maybe fit, perhaps we don't know, but yeah, it's good to have good to have options, isn't it? Um, should we do some plugs and then we'll do some predictions? Uh, as I mentioned, we are brought to you in partnership with the Greyhound. Do head there ahead of the game tomorrow, the best pre-match venue in town. I think we can officially say that um, in our capacity as definitely non-biased podcasters. <laughs> um, the merch store's got a twenty percent off promo from tomorrow. If you want to, before if if someone comes to the blue monday event in blue monday merch i'll buy you a drink or something i don't i'm not commit to that there's an asterisk asterisk that against that but if you want to get blue monday merch support the pod that way um head to our merch store blue monday itfc.co.uk is a website link everything is linked to there including the link to join telegram and the link to buy your tickets for blue monday live on the 7th of october we will stop talking about it when it's happened folks but forgive us for the next few weeks as we promote that one flagship is back usual time sunday 8 p.m Ben, Dave, and Joe, the Holy Trinity, will be talking about Blackburn after the fact. And I haven't checked my diary next week, Seb, nor yours, but I'm pretty certain we'll be returning to our normal Thursday evening, 8pm slot to talk all about Uddersfield, won't we? Yeah, with a new manager in the dugout. They've appointed Darren Moore today, so plenty to discuss about Mr. Warnock's departure and Mr. Moore's arrival. Yeah, and we'll talk about whether Darren Moore can start with an opening day victory. Um, Should we do that right now, shall we? Let's do it now. (laughs) 
I would, let's do a bit of a recap from we missed two weeks worth. Well, we've got two weeks of results to catch up on. First off, um, this was the I think the Cardiff week. All of us had an absolute stinker. Two that is points rubbish across the board. We all got two outcomes right. No correct results out of twelve games. Is it? That's absolutely shocking. Um, and then last week, um, in my absence, Ben contrived to get a five-point score. And look, Seb, your form continues. Um, you've tied the rounds, but you are running away with it on the yeah, points. Yeah, look at that. Um, yeah, nine points clear on the points. And a double-figure score for Jules as well. So I've got some catching up to do. The nerves are starting to get to me here in September. Let's see where we are in May. You've got to get lots of predictions. I'm trying to do a Kevin Keegan. Yeah, Kevin Keegan. Yeah. You've, you've got, got to go a, to match day 43 and get a result there. Yeah, you've <laughs> got to predict Coventry it. against Watford. Love it. If you've, yeah, exactly right. We'll I've got you. Mind games, I've got you. You're in my head. You're in my head. Get out of my head. Let's have a look at the schedule, shall we, for the week. Um, there's a game kicking off right now, actually. Um, shall I, I'll get some scores in a second. Um, but Birmingham QPR... Um, is happening right now. I'm padding for time. Can you tell? Can you tell I'm padding for time? Someone put it in the chat for me. That might be easiest. Um, but otherwise, Seb... It's not, not a vintage much. week, I didn't no. think. When I was looking through them, nothing really jumped out the page at me. Middlesbrough Southampton's an interesting one, isn't it? It is, two, yeah. I mean, Two teams two... desperate to get their seasons <laughs> up and running, really, isn't Which it? means a draw, right? That's the logical yeah. thing. You know, two sides that can't afford to lose a game of football means the most likely outcome. You've gone for a nil-nil, I've gone for a 1-1. Mm. Jules is confident that Southampton will, will get back on course against Borough. I watched some of the Borough game against Sheffield Wednesday in the week and they look really, really poor. They just, yeah. yeah. They need to fire Michael Carrick and then hire Michael Carrick because about this time last year he joined, wasn't it? And he got them on an amazing run of form. So, yeah, it wasn't a, wasn't a, not, not a vintage week, I didn't think, by any means. Uh, Plymouth Norwich is also an interesting one. You've got some wishful thinking there, haven't you? Bally Mumba deflected last minute. <laughs> well, <laughs> stranger things have happened. I've said that twice tonight, haven't I? But, yeah, we were talking about that the other day, weren't we, about what a weird sell that is by Norwich. Why you'd sell a bright prospect like that. I mean, they've probably got a... 50 percent they'll have a big sell on fee i would have thought but yeah a million floor, quid is maybe they were just desperate to bring the the money in obviously ashley barnes has now done his knee as knees that's a blow for them sergeant was out already for the rest of the calendar year that's a blow for them and plymouth made seven changes for the, the midweek game didn't they they rested a, yeah they rested a load of players got absolutely pumped rested a load of players got battered and hopefully they'll come back in with a point to prove and, and beat the scum Mike Duff is going to be desperate to get a win and i quite like the narrative of him getting revenge for that playoff final defeat oh, yeah yeah in the last minute so i've gone for a swansea finally getting the win you've gone for a a draw but other than that seb it's a pretty turgid round is the mark robbins derby on monday night with darren moore very quickly we'll talk more about him next week darren moore was a very difficult topic last season because sheffield wednesday prior to their collapse in march april had had a really sterling season hadn't they and i think Ben said it maybe when you guys were talking about it might have been on with Sam Parkin on his championship checking pod. Darren Moore, a lovely guy, respectful, being really humble, maybe should have answered that journalist question and said, hmm. I'd have happily taken second. But nevertheless, always goes about things the right way. But tactically, Seb, has he got enough nows to keep Huddersfield in the division? Obviously, Warnock's given him a platform, isn't he? But yeah, I'm a bit. I've got question marks about Darren Moore from a tactical standpoint. Obviously, as a as a man, yeah, you know, no 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 question at all about you know his his credentials and him as a as a person but as a manager i'm just a bit not i'm not sure what's your no take? i'd agree i think it's a poor squad i think you know warnock worked wonders the last couple of years we'll discuss them in depth next week uh i think they're they're a poor squad and i think they will struggle and you know with warnock at the helm you always kind of think that they're capable of pulling off shock results or going on a run when it matters in kind of the the kind of springtime of the season but yeah, under under Darren Moore, I, I, I would be surprised if they can kind of get themselves out, get themselves out of a relegation battle this season. I mean, like you say, lovely guy, did really well last season, but how much of that was due to the likes of you know Barry Bannon and stuff? You know, just give the ball to your better players. And, and when the collapse came, I know they turned it round for the Peterborough second leg in the playoff semi. Um, but but when the collapse kind of started in March and April, he was unable to to rectify things quick enough. They finished the season strongly, but that 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 collapse was crucial and maybe a bit of complacency set in. It'll be interesting to see how he does. I think he's brought some of his old team across from from Wednesday, so we'll discuss them next week. But I yeah, I, I, it, it's not an appointment that would kind of fill me with with optimism if I was a Huddersfield fan, given the kind of the rest of the teams down there. 
Yeah, we've all predicted a Coventry victory and we are all predicting a one goal margin victory for Ipswich against Blackburn. Seb, give us your workings. I figured they will create chances and haven't been able to take them so far this season. As we've discussed quite a lot tonight, so that's my logic. We've got back to that defensive solidity after the, you know, the Cardiff 3-2, the Leeds 4-3. We've had two clean sheets on the bounce now, which is kind of getting back to how we were. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday last week, no shots on target. We nullified them pretty well. against Southampton, nothing too difficult other than that Shea Adams chance, which Clanky saved with his head. So we've kind of got back to that disciplined nest at the back, and I think that will carry us through against the side that creates but struggles to score goals. That's my logic. And who would be your prediction for goal scorer for Ipswich? George Hurst. Really? Not not Connor Chaplin? No, you found a stat about him. Go on, what's your stat about Chaplin? I I nicked it. The EFL tweeted it. Chaplin has been involved in four goals in his last five games against Blackburn. Three scored, one assisted. So... I'll give him the assist. assist he'll, he'll get the for assist for, for George Hurst. Yeah, I think yeah. Hurst is due a goal. You know, he scored that great one on the opening day of the season. Kind of dropped out with the injury against Cardiff and not featuring against was it Leeds? He didn't. He didn't. He didn't appear again. So I'd like him to get the second one under his uh, under his belt and get himself up and running. Yep. Thanks to the folks who have confirmed it's nil-nil halftime between Birmingham and QPR. I think Birmingham will. What did I say in that one? Narrow victory for Birmingham. I said two-one Birmingham. Yeah, 1-0 I've gone for, so that will come in the 88th minute when it just to keep things interesting. Let's see what the chat has to say for their Ipswich Town versus Blackburn predictions. Get them in now if you haven't already. Um, we've got a lot of people saying don't slag off Plymouth. <laughs> um, and uh, We've got a few questions I'll ask you as well, but I'm not seeing a huge amount of predictions in the chat, folks. Get them in there. Um, otherwise, we'll, we'll do some music. We'll give you some uh, give you some lift music to think about your predictions, but give them to us now. We'll come back to them in a second. Here they are. Come on, folks. I've, I know I've been unprofessional all night, but uh, help me out here. Help me out here. Um, James, three clean sheets and another win would be phenomenal. Uh, Matt's going for a 3-1. He's not seeing the clean sheet. Um, probably fears that Sammy Smodich, I was going to say, you said the S word, haven't you? He fears the Sammy Smodich shithouse goal, so I, I can understand the logic behind that. Um, Ashley's going for a comfy 2-0 Hurston Broadhead win. HCH one all. Um, 2-0 says Alan, 1-0 says Eric, Solly's going for a 3-0, um, Philip's going for a town when he's just going to give us the outcomes, that's fine, That's we're all good with that. Uh, Charlie's D's, there you go, Chaplin Hurst in a 2-0, another 3-1 from Skip, Hurst, Chappers and Scarlet off the bench, pinged a long ranger, have we had a long ranger yet? I want a long ranger, Seb. No, I don't think we have, have we? From Hutchinson Chaplin's going to score one of these little dicks, oh. lobs at some point, isn't he? He's getting, off the getting closer. It, yeah. I mean, the one at Sunderland was just kind of audacious wasn't it yeah but this one was so unlucky because he he hits it i was gonna say he's, he's hits it perfectly he's not hit it too well he, <laughs> he's not and he's not hit it perfectly because it's hit the bar but you know it's like a 99 percent perfect shot isn't it's, it it's but, coming isn't it it's gonna it's happen you know yeah and i guess it was broadheads not really from that far out was it the one he smashed against back in the game against against cardiff that was probably mm, edge of the edge d of the maybe a bit further out yeah, yeah i want a 25 yarder uh, jamie's gone for a two all michael's going for a three nil hurst hat trick there you go uh i i Carbos, I agree. One nil win. Mark's going two nil. Hurst Broadhead says James in a two nil win. Three one for Paul. Two one. Uh, two nil for Mark. Um, and he's confirmed for town. Just that. Thank you very much. Uh, Kiel's going for a two nil as well. Um, yeah, HCH Broadheads v Cardiff Longest Range. Um, and I think it must be, mustn't it? Yeah. Cha- yeah as Eric so. points out, Chaplin paints the post and paints the bar as well. Probably takes the takes the paint off the bar, but paints the paints it back on the post. Colin's gone for a two nil. Alan's gone for a 2-0, and Neil says we want a proper Thunderbastard. Here, <laughs> here, we haven't had one yet. Thank you, everyone, if you made it this far. Thank you for the six people who've liked us on Facebook. Do like us on YouTube as well. Give us the five stars on your podcast app of choice. We appreciate you so much. Thank you, everyone there. Do join us for Blue Monday live in person after Preston on the 7th of October. Tickets, I mean, we've plastered the link everywhere. Do you want me to stick the QR code up again, Seb? There you go. Boom, there's the QR code, scan it, get your tickets at Eventbrite and join us there only at tenner. Um, and come and see Luke Chambers, who is our special guest, asking your questions. Um, it will be a fun-filled footy evening of fun and all kinds of, I've run out of F words, haven't I? I can't say that one. No, join us on the 7th, it'll be great. It'll be great. Um, and flagship on Sunday and head to the Greyhound. I think I've done everything. 
So have I done everything? I think so. I think we've mentioned the plugs enough. Yeah, I think you've, you've ticked them all off. Well done. You, you're back up to speed after. This is like your first preseason game oh. after an injury break. And I'll be much better to... next week. I'll be much okay, better next week. Brilliant. Thank <laughs> you. A promise, yeah. There's a promise, folks. Yeah. Come back next week on Thursday. Um, it'll be better. Seb, do you want to say goodbye? Thank you to everyone. Thank you, everyone, for, uh, for for contributing tonight and coming along. Hope everyone enjoys the game. Disappointed I can't be there tomorrow, but hopefully everybody enjoys it. Here's to end the week with another hopeful victory. Nine points from the week would be phenomenal going into the week. And as always, come on, you blues. Whoa, 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 it's, whoa. I have to see us out. It's how it works. Oh, yeah, you ruined it. Give if, me a chance. We, give me a said, chance. You said say queue, goodbye. I've got to queue it up, mate. Oh, if we lose now, up. you've ruined it. You if can do it back, again. It flipped back to me after People Leeds. People have been nice. Now you've ruined it. Cheers, HCH. Oh. Cheers, Neil. Yeah, you could do it again. You didn't. You didn't do it at Sheffield. You didn't do it last week. You didn't make Ben stop and do it last week, did you? So oh, I can't do it, do it again. again now. You'll have to do it. Yeah, you can. Here we go. Seb's going to do it, everyone. Here it comes. Come on, you blues. It's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.